0: Well hello there it's Wednesday the 16th of February 2022 and we'll start off with the nationwide daily COVID report. There were 27 more COVID-19 fatalities and 14,373 new cases registered during the previous 24 hours the Public Health Ministry reported on Tuesday morning. This compared with the 26 COVID-related fatalities and 14,900 new cases reported on Monday morning The 27 new fatalities were between the ages of 39 and 95 years of age. Now we confirmed 14,373 new cases with 7,701 probable cases that were done via ATK testing. 196 cases were from abroad and 131 from prisons. Out of the 132,728 people in care, 60,303 are in hospital. We have 702 people in ICU and 145 people on ventilators. Chamboree Public Office is reporting 548 confirmed cases, 680 probable cases and 2 deaths. Most confirmed cases are in Chamboree City 117, siracha 134 and Lamung Patia Area 126. There are 6,616 patients in care. Phuket health officials reported 612 new cases on the island, out of which 470 are local and 142 are from international arrivals. There were two deaths. There are now 5,432 people in care there. And yesterday we had 207,281 people who were vaccinated. Most people were receiving their booster dose. And to date, 1st injections in Thailand we've had 75.9% of the population. Uh, The percentage of people who've had two doses is just over 70% and the percentage of people who have had three doses, that's their booster, 26.1%. And moving along to the first story of the day, Interpol issues red notices for arrest of two Canadians wanted in Thailand for murder. Red notices have been issued by Interpol to all its 195 member countries, including Thailand, to be on the lookout for two former Canadian servicemen who are wanted in Thailand for the killing of an Indian-born underworld figure in Thailand's southern resort island of Phuket on February 4. Interpol also warned police in its member countries to be cautious when arresting the two suspects identified as Matthew Dupre and Jean Larcamp, both 37 years of age, describing them as armed, dangerous and an escape risk, suicidal and violent. The two Canadians were charged by the police in Phuket with involvement in the murder of Jimmy Slice Sandu in the car park of a villa on Rawai Beach on the night of February 4th. According to the Thai police, several spent 9mm shells were found at the crime scene. Two semi-automatic pistols, a CZ and a Walter, were later recovered from the sea not far from the victim's villa. After the murder, the two suspects flew out of Thailand. Thai police said they have been informed by the Canadian counterparts that the victim's Canadian citizenship has been revoked and he had been deported from Canada for what was described as criminal activities. He flew into Phuket on a private jet from Malaysia using a fake passport in late January. So that is just an update on the murder that we've spoken about last week. Uh, It seems that they have kind of two suspects in mind and now they're looking to have them obviously extradited back to Thailand. They may have issues, especially with Canada, because Thailand does have the debt penalty, and a lot of countries are very reluctant to extradite their citizens to Thailand under this kind of arrangement. So whether or not guarantees will be given if they even find these guys, who knows. But that's the kind of where the story is now. The two guys have fled Thailand. They're out of Thailand. Red notices have been issued, and we'll just see if uh, they are picked up in other countries. But uh, to me, I don't think this is going to uh, go much further than it is now. And moving along to the next story, Omicron surge stymies domestic travel. Domestic travel sentiment remains weak amid a five-digit surge in daily cases and higher commodity prices, despite incentives like the We Travel Together hotel subsidy scheme and local events aimed at generating more trips. Bookings from the fourth fade of the stimulus haven't yet picked up as strong as hoteliers expected due to Omicron concerned, said Lala Bung Shithong, president of the Thai Hotels Association, Northern Chapter. COVID-19 cases have exceeded 10,000 infections per day over the past week, with 14,900 cases as of last Tuesday. Ms Lalad said responses to the new phase of the scheme was significantly weaker compared to the previous phase with only 300,000 room nights utilized nationwide during the first week of the campaign. As of February 13th, rooms from an additional 2 million room nights had been booked. The average occupancy rate for January and February had been expected to stand at 55% from the overall 70% or 40,000 hotel rooms in Chiang Mai that are open at the moment. However, the spread of the Omicron variant hammered the occupancy rate to less than 20% in January. Now she also said the impact clouds the outlook for this month with bookings at around 20% even though the province is hosting Chiang Mai Blooms 2022, an annual flower festival from February 1st to March 15th. She also said the number of passengers at Chiang Mai Airport on February 1 had dropped to 4,000 to 5,000 per day from the 7 to 8,000 per day in November and December last year while the high price of oil had hit demand among visitors who planned to travel by car. The president of Thai Hotel Association's Western Chapter said the occupancy rate for Cha Am might be lower than 50% in February, which was mainly attributed to soaring infections and low purchasing power. The resort city saw 30-40% to occupancy at weekends compared to the 10-20% on weekdays. Most guests were attending meetings or seminars organized by private companies. Mr. Vassoon said the number of state agencies visiting were very few, although the work from home policy was lifted at the end of January. Pechaburi plans to hold the Pranakan Kirimuang Pet Fair from February 18 to 27 to spur tourism demand. However, forward bookings are yet to be seen as domestic travelers tend to make last minute decisions based on the viral situation. Mr. Bassoon said bookings would gather pace in March and April as there are long holidays which families would plan trips by using privileges from the civilist campaign during that period. And moving along, Singapore and Hong Kong have been left behind as global travel rebounds. A global travel divide is deepening as some countries ditch COVID-19 restrictions, including quarantine, isolation, and even mandatory testing for good, while others cling to year-old curbs. Lingering barriers to travel in Asia are isolating the region and its tourism-reliant economies, just as the recovery in Europe and the US accelerates. In the UK, authorities are dumping unpopular pre-flight tests and now only require proof of vaccination as they strive to normalise international air traffic. The marquee transit hubs of Hong Kong and Singapore are being shunned as travellers seek to avoid weeks in hotel isolation on arrival or a raft of testing swabs. Airlines, which before the pandemic operated about 30,000 flights a month to the two Asian gateways, have slashed that number to just 4,513 in February, according to aviation data company Sirium there's little prospect of immediate change. Hong Kong, which quarantines overseas arrivals for as long as 14 days and effectively bars flights from an array of countries deemed to be high risk, is sticking to a goal of eliminating the virus even as cases in the community surge. Last week, authorities there tightened restrictions even further, extending gathering limits to private premises for the first time. And while Singapore has struck more than two dozen agreements with other countries to set up vaccinated air travel lanes, it still requires overseas visitors to undergo almost a week of daily coronavirus tests during their stay. Anyone attending the city's scaled-back bilineal air show this week must also test negative each day as a condition of entry. These impediments to flying extend the financial pressure on airlines, primarily flying routes in Asia from Cathay Pacific Airways Limited and Singapore Airlines to budget carriers such as Cebu Air in the Philippines and Malaysia-based AirAsia. While China holds the key to a broad recovery, its vast market could trigger a global travel resurgence all on its own. The country is expected to keep its borders sealed for most of this year at least. The uneven air travel rebound is likely to continue for the rest of 2022 as countries in Europe and North and South America continue to reopen and Asian restrictions put off travellers according to Rob Morris who is Sirium's global consultancy chief. The two-speed recovery is very evident, he said. A significant level of intra-Asia travel touches China and with borders there likely to remain closed to the international arrivals through late 2022, the recovery in Asia will inevitably be slower than in other regions. Within Europe, flying will surpass 75% of pre-pandemic levels next month according to Sirium data from airline schedules. Inside the US, the figure will be 86%. Asia's COVID curbs are choking the flow of visitors to the countries that need them most. Australia's Jetstar recently delayed a resumption of flights to Bali from Melbourne and Sydney, citing the island's five-day quarantine requirement for vaccinated arrivals. We look forward to flying into Bali when quarantine restrictions ease further, said Jetstar, which is owned by Qantas Airways. Thailand this month resumed quarantine-free tourism for vaccinated travellers, but the program's requirement for multiple tests, registration and a certain baseline of insurance cover have drawn criticism. The government predicts less than 10 million foreign visitors this year, down from 40 million before the virus. The testing requirements are a disincentive, said Hannah Pearson, founding partner of Kuala Lumpur-based tourism consultancy, Pear Anderson. The fact that Singapore and Thailand, the two leaders of reopening in the region, are still taking the intense approach to testing may encourage other countries to behave similarly. The cost of daily swapping for a family visiting Singapore is prohibitive, enough said Pearson. The mandatory test on arrival is 125 Singapore dollars. That's just over 3,040 Thai baht. On top of that, visitors run the risk of returning a positive result, then paying to quarantine in a hotel and wasting their trip, she said. Now at some point, Southeast Asia's tourist hubs will need to demand less of overseas visitors. That might mean downgrading to a rapid antigen test on arrival or waiving tests completely for those who already record a negative result before they take off. China and Hong Kong meanwhile are showing no sign of giving up their battle to contain the virus, even as other parts of the world treat it as endemic. Chinese authorities this month locked down 3.6 million residents in the southwestern city after identifying fewer than 100 cases. The central role that China and Hong Kong play in Asia's aviation market means their COVID-0 approach weighs on neighbouring nations. The number of scheduled flights into all of Asia from outside the region this month is little more than half the total before the pandemic, Sirium data showed. So I think this is very, very relevant to Thailand and it just shows the lack of direction that Thailand is in. It seems that Asian countries are nearly banding together with having all this kind of testing on arrival and this ultra-conservative approach to COVID. In the likes of Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia and other countries like this, it hasn't particularly stopped the increase in COVID numbers. So it makes you wonder why they continue to go down that line. Now here in Thailand I think we know why. I mean there's big money in COVID testing. There's a few individuals making that big money from it. As we've spoken before a lot of this is a money-making racket. This money-making racket is only going to a few. Eventually people will start to speak out in the hotel industry, in the airline industry and that may be when this all will stop. Thailand cannot continue to go down this line that it's on, demanding these tests from people on a continuous basis, having this quarantine on arrival while you wait for your PCR test, come back in five days for another PCR test, and wait again in the hotel and have a you know this insurance and all the paperwork that go with it. They can't continue this, as you know we spoke about a few minutes ago. Europe is basically reopened now. America the same. South America, Philippines. Australia soon you know and if you look at like that all these countries are just pushing forward and getting on with life. Norway recently dropped all COVID restrictions in that country which is a good thing. There's something wrong with the thinking within the Thai government or either that or they just like to talk a lot of nonsense. Actually I do think it could be the latter there but nevertheless a month ago they were talking about covid endemic Thailand moving on with things it was time and since then nothing has been said about that then a week ago they started again back with the oh we're going to start with the living with COVID that they discussed last year and we can see where that went nothing's ever changed so there is an awful lot of talk but very little action in relation to what they say the only way any of us can ever believe what they say is if actually do something about it so if you say we're going to start living with COVID okay That means international arrivals coming in need to only have a test when they get before they leave and their vaccine certificate. Proof that what you say is what you're doing. Otherwise, nobody believes you, which is evident in the figures for tourism this month. People have not bought into what the Thai government think is tourism-friendly initiatives. They're not in any way, shape or form. I know a lot of people say, well, it's easy, you just do it and it takes a few minutes, it's not that hard. But it's inconvenient for travelers and it's expensive, especially for families who would like, who maybe in previous year would have come to Thailand, but now are looking at how many tests they have to do, family of four, you know, that all adds up and that is very restrictive. And then of course, you have the way in which Thailand deals with COVID positive people, high risk contacts, all that kind of thing. So the thinking has to change. There's no point in them keep talking, 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 but never actually changing what they're doing. Nobody believes. Travel agents now are giving up on Thailand for this season. They're looking maybe to November this year. That's their focus will be. Airlines will begin to cut back their schedules because they just don't see the demand and they're not gonna start flying half empty planes every day of the week they're eventually gonna stop that too. But then we'll talk about travel bubbles in a few minutes in one of the stories that we're coming up to as well. So Yeah, there's lots and lots of different things being spoken about, but very little action in relation to it all. My hope for Thailand, because I believe restrictions first need to be reduced in the country, and we need to get into that kind of mode and way of thinking. If you're talking about endemic, then we need to stop wearing masks around. We need to be allowed to return to our normal lives. And that has to be the first part. Of course, the second part then will be international tourism and all that stuff that comes after it. But there has to be a starting point somewhere. And we're not at any starting point. Nothing has started in this country in relation to the disease being endemic, living with COVID. None of that has happened. So even if we push international tourism to the side for a second and look as expats and Thais living in Thailand, the restrictions are all still there. We're still under an emergency decree. Of course if they get rid of all the restrictions they don't need the emergency decree anymore and then they won't be able to stop protests and people complaining about the government. So that's a whole other kettle of fish as well. So there is reasons I think why we're still like this and some of these reasons are political and others are just the unwillingness of government officials to actually take action and thinking that oh it's okay having a few tourists here, Ah, oh, the people in Thailand are happy like this, no nobody is. But that is why the government have been hammered in election, by elections, over the last couple of months. While they're probably going to lose the Bangkok uh, governor race, while they will continue to lose more and more by elections... While even the government parties that make up the coalition are not supporting the main party anymore. So yes, there's a lot of change going on here in Thailand, but in a political sense, but from the people on the ground, it's still the same old, same old that we've been going through for the last two years. And it is time for it to change. And that is my opinion on that for today. Either agree or disagree. But if you disagree with it all, please leave your reasons for it down below in the comment section. And as we spoke about just in the last story, the southern border is to reopen next month. The government is planning to reopen the Thai-Malaysia border next month to stimulate tourism and the economy in the deep southern provinces. Deputy Government Spokesman Rachada Dandarek said Prime Minister Prayut Chanachan has ordered the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration and the Tourism and Sports Emergency Operations Centre to outline pandemic mitigation measures for the reopening of the border checkpoints in Songkhla, Yala, Naritawat and Satun. Following the government's policy to open a travel bubble with Malaysia, tourists from the neighboring country will be allowed to enter under the test-and-go scheme with no quarantine upon arrival. However, visitors will still need to pass two RT-PCR tests after arriving in Thailand. The Prime Minister is confident Thailand will remain one of the world's top tourist destinations despite the pandemic. The government will support efforts to revitalize tourism with an emphasis on public health and safety, Ms. Frishada said. Dr. Sutek Petmak, Inspector General attached to the Public Health Zone 12, said the COVID-19 situation in Malaysia and Thailand are similar. On February 12, there were about 20,000 new cases, he said, so the Public Health Agency expects the risk of the border reopening will be low. Before the reopening, government agencies will prepare immigration processes, testing, hotels with the SHA plus standard, and businesses with a COVID-free setting, including public transport, tourism sites, restaurants, and department stores, he said. We now know that these travel bubbles are actually the Tesman Go scheme, just renamed a travel bubble. Now, normally a travel bubble works in both ways. So Malaysians can come over here and Thais can go and residents of Thailand can go to Malaysia. Not much talk of the uh, going over to Malaysia part, but lots of talk about coming to Thailand. Now, again, how appealing this is going to be to the average Malaysian on the border with Thailand having to undergo two PCR tests at the 2100 Thaibat each, having to have a hotel when they arrive. I just don't think this is going to be anything other than a disaster. They continue, as I said, with the same policies, with the same results, which are not good. And surely at some point, when you keep seeing the same result after the same useless policy, it's time to change and look at something else. Apparently they have looked at something else. They've decided to call the test and go a travel bubble instead. I don't know. But anyway, if you live down there, you might be able to go to Malaysia, you may not. And if you're definitely coming into Thailand, you're gonna to have to go through the whole test and go process like everyone else. And next up, four tourists injured and in fall from scenic viewpoint on Thailand's Laran Island. Four tourists sustained serious injuries when they fell from a viewing point on a rocky beach on Laran Island close to Patia after a wooden railing gave way. Two days after the accident, Patia city officials, led by the Deputy Permanent Secretary, visited the site yesterday for an inspection before ordering major repairs. He also promised that officials will inspect the viewpoint, which is popular among visitors to the island on a daily basis. The wooden rail broke after the four tourists reportedly leaned on it to take a photo. One of the victims suffers bleeding to the brain and a punctured lung. He is currently under close observation at Moang Hospital in Pattaya. Two others were sent to Bangkok's hospital for treatment, while the fourth was sent to a private hospital in Lem Chabang in Chamboree province. The viewpoint has been closed to all visitors since the accident, pending repairs. Officials from Pattaya City visited the injured on Sunday and gave them each 5,000 baht in initial compensation. The relatives also demanded that authorities fix the broken railing quickly to avoid a repeat of the accident and speed up compensation payment to the victims. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Local seafood fair spotlights Phuket's tourism woes. A seafood fair held in Shillong for Valentine's Day has proved popular for lifting local residents' spirits, but has also spotlighted Phuket's critical problem in attracting tourists. Phuket police warn over alcohol ban. Phuket Provincial Police Commander has warned venue operators that police will be on patrol to ensure that the ban on the sale of alcohol from midnight tonight will be upheld. Give happiness to Phuket people event bombs as locals queue for Vabi Paravir. Governor Narong Wunsi presided over an event at the new Phuket Provincial Hall last night to help boost tourism promotion for Phuket that was devoid of attendees. While earlier in the day, local residents were queuing to receive Praveer for treatment of COVID-19 symptoms at the Anjai Clinic located in the adjacent building.